God, you're awesome. Thank you for allowing us to see a new day. A day that we never saw before and a day that we'll never see again. We thank you, God, for allowing us to remain in the land of the living. For that, we simply say thank you. Just like I prayed privately, God, all of the study, all the preparation means absolutely nothing. If you are magnified, if you are glorified. So God, come into this house and have your way. Anoint me as your oracle, the soundtrack of heaven, the PA system of heaven. We're asking that you do it. In Jesus' name, everybody who agrees to that prayer would just shout in the room, online, in all caps, and in the overflow, amen. Amen. So let's get to work. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and, and sisters, we are in a series of sermons under the umbrella of our sermon series entitled Voices. Today makes installment number 12. I haven't done a series this long since Try Me. God wants us to really get us to understand knowing my voice is extremely critical, especially the way the world is set up in October of 2023. You must have a prophetic awareness. So we've been in this series for over 12 weeks. We have, I believe, three, three more parts, and then we're going to launch the last series of 2023 next month entitled Timing. Timing. I can't wait to get to that. Timing. As the end of time for 2023 is coming to an end, what God has been putting in my heart is, listen, I need my people to understand that the way you trust me, the pace you set for yourself, the decisions that you make and you not getting weary in well-doing is tied to you entering into due season. See, we always like to think it's just the timing of God. But the timing of God, due season is when our well-doing and God's timing collide. It's when our obedience, see everybody wants to put it on God, but it's also your part. It's when our obedience and the timing of God collide. Just so that you can see this, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, a familiar passage of scripture depending on where you are in Christendom. It says in verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we might it's not what your bible says remember i told you i want us to be a highly biblical intelligent church so that nobody could come up here and preach heresy because y'all are biblically educated we might it's a possibility it says we shall reap here it is though if we faint not. So watch this. The timing of God is tied to your well-doing and you not getting tired and quitting while you're doing well. When is it? It's tied to your well-doing. At the end of the day, everybody, once we take our last breath in time, we want to hear, well done. The only way you can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, is you must have been a good, faithful servant and doing something well. Timing. Yes, time does fly, but our decisions are the pilot. That's, that's November. That's, that's, that's it. But as for today, on today, y'all, that series is bleeding in me. <laughs> like, you know, the Bible does say, do not be a fool. Do not be overly wicked, Ecclesiastes 7, 17. Why must you die before your time? That means there's a time you're supposed to, but due to your foolishness and your wickedness, you could die before the time. November, hurry up and get here. I'm ready. As for today, as the aircraft of our Voices series begins to decline so that it can land on the runway of completion, what the Holy Spirit desires for us to discuss and dissect on this afternoon is it's extremely critical and imperative for us to be able to discern who is speaking to you. Because who is speaking to you is tied to your future outcome. Please hear me. The outcome of our tomorrows are married to the voices that we're listening to today. One more again. Not one more time. One more again. Yeah. 
it's extremely imperative that you could discern who is speaking to you. Because who is speaking to you is tied to our future placement. And the outcome of our tomorrows are married to who we're listening to on today. Therefore, this weapon of mass destruction, the way the Holy Spirit told me in sermon prep, is this weapon of spiritual mass destruction. It's not a bomb. It's not a grenade. This undetected that the weapon, this undetected weapon that hell is using is not an RPG. It's not an AR-15. It's not your 45 millimeter. This undetected weapon that hell is using is a mic. The spiritual weapon of mass destruction right now is a mic. Hell is amplifying the voice of spiritual garbage. The weapon of mass spiritual growth was stifling our spiritual growth, was suffocating our spiritual development is the weapon of a mic. Let me amplify the voice of the spiritual ignorant and make it popular. Make it popular as though popularity means right. <laughs> Let me make it to where the masses will say, that's my favorite playlist. That's my favorite podcast. That's my favorite. Ooh, I'm about to get in trouble. That's my favorite song. And then we wonder why we keep falling prey to sexual temptation. Then we wonder why we can't keep our legs closed, panties up, our zipper up. It's because your favorite song is my pony. Let's do it. See, somebody said, ride it. See? See? Somebody like, oh, flashback. Come back. Come back. Get back in the spirit, Lord. Our favorite jams, watch this. We love songs that put Jesus on the cross. Everything that Jesus died for, what he hung and bled for, we say, that's my jam. The weapon of spiritual mass destruction is a mic. Let me amplify the voice of spiritual heresy, make it popular so that we love messages that tell you it's your season. Your blessing is on the way. Not messages that plead for us to turn to Jesus. Not messages that give us sound biblical doctrine. Not messages that cause us to recognize I must surrender my will for the, for the will of Yahweh. Not messages that plead for us to have repentance. What is repentance? It's chopping down the tree of your rebellion and begging for God to pluck up the roots. I don't want to go back to it. I don't want to return to it. Has anybody arrived there? I don't want to go back. And even if I want to go back, God help me to not want to go back. God, help me to not return. And so I, I get it. I said, that old serpent think he's slick. <laughs> says, okay. If I can't stop you, I'll stall you. <laughs> if I can't stop you, I'll stall you. And while you're stalled, I will amplify the voice of microphones that will have you binging things that has your appetite craving Egypt. That's when you were a slave, lost. Craving what you used to. Some of us are about to see some Facebook memories from 2022. And we're like, man, I did that in 2022? They didn't invite me in 2023. And you should say, thank God. So this is his strategy. He wants to add many voices to the, mic, to the microphone in your soul. When I say mic in your soul, I'm speaking about that psychological part of you. I taught us this before. It's your psychological self, mind, will, emotions, imaginations, reasoning. What the enemy wants to do is I want to have multiple voices 
at the mic of their soul so that the voice of their good shepherd has to be in competition with all the other voices in their head. Maybe it's God is, God is talking to you, but so is depression, so is anxiety, so is trauma, so is lust, so is pride. And so it's not that the voice of our good shepherd we can't hear. It's that we have so many other voices talking to that the voice of our good shepherd is in, comp- is in competition with everything else that the enemy has amplified. Why? So that he could birth confusion. Is that God or is that me? Is that God or is that narcissism? Is that God or is that the spirit of fear? Is that God or is that what my ex-pastor said? Is that God or is that what I've been taught to believe is God? Is that God? And so now we are confused. Can we go a little deeper? It's a demonic math equation. I made this chart just for you because it blessed me. It's a demonic math equation. I want y'all to see this chart because I really believe this is how it works. The devil wants to add a voice so that he can subtract clarity, which will multiply chaos, then cause division between your soul, your spirit, and the Holy Spirit, which equals uncertainty. Demonic math equation. I want to add a voice. So that I can subtract clarity. After I subtract clarity, that's going to multiply chaos. After that multiplies chaos, that's going to divide my will with the will of the Holy Spirit. So that equals uncertainty. Is this God? Is this me? Is this God? Or is this temptation? Is this God? It's a demonic math equation. (laughs) The devil does this really, I believe, for two reasons. Y'all ready for this? The first reason... The enemy does this, is he wants to get us to listen to the wrong voice consistently. Demonic math equation. I want you to listen to the wrong voice consistently. Because whatever and whoever you lease your ear to consistently is the person we're licensing to operate on you. In other words, they are a deposit of how your next season will look. This is so good, y'all. By the way, we're speaking from this thought, from this subject. Is this God or is this me? There's a lot. I got to move. There's so many. There's a lot I want to give to you. So I'm really going to like spiritually dump on you for this sermon. You're probably going to have to replay this message like five, six, seven times. Okay? He wants you to listen to the wrong voice consistently. This is why your favorite playlist is your favorite playlist. This is why your subscriptions are your subscriptions. Y'all should see some of y'all faces right now. Come on, Holy Spirit, expose it. I want you to listen to it consistently. Let me show y'all this. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 16. It has a little length, but we have to see all of this. We can't play hopscotch with this particular passage. Jeremiah 23, verse 16. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. Remember I told us bad doctrine is a perversion of hope. It causes for people to hope for God to do what the Bible never said he would. Okay? Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They will fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says you will have peace. And to all who follow the stubbornness of their heart, they say no harm will come to you. That sounds like about 85% of America preaching on Sundays. It's your season. It's your time. Shout like you lost your mind. Your breakthrough is on the way. Your harvest, you're going to be the first millionaire in your family. Don't address the stubbornness of your heart. Don't address sin. Don't talk about that. 
We don't talk about sin in pulpits anymore. Don't talk about hell. We don't, oh, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about how hell is a real place. And it's God's wrath that was never made for us. It was made for Satan and his demons. But when we reject the gospel and reject, see, the reason people go to hell is not because God doesn't love you. It's because God loves you so much that he respects your decision. He will be an unloving God for you to not love him, not seek his face, not pray to him. And then when you die, I'm going to force you to live with me for all of eternity. So hell is really, I'm ex I respect your decision of not wanting me. Why don't we preach this stuff anymore? Have churches having Halloween parties? I'm like, okay, you want to talk about something scary? How about depart from me, I never heard from you? That's scary. That's. Hell is a place full of burning sulfur. You know what sulfur is? It's a suffocating gas. Could you imagine for all of eternity doing this? <laughs> Not able to breathe? Why don't we, we preach about that. Let me get back to the text. Okay. <laughs> and to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say, no harm will come to you. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or to hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? See, the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath. A whirlwind swirling down on the heads, not of the Christian, but of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In days to come, listen to this, y'all. Some of us need to highlight this. In days to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets. Yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them. Yet they have prophesied. I'm telling you. Some of us who have a prophetic awareness, you could sense it in the spirit. A day is coming on the land where it will be clear to you that was not a pastor, that was not a man of God, that was not an evangelist, that was a businessman in a pulpit taking advantage of people for his surplus and his gain. And they're using people's trauma for their monetization. Go figure. I'm going to use your prophet to help the prophet. <laughs> he does this to add multiple voices to your life so that we can listen to them consistently to add confusion. That's the first reason why he does it. The second reason why he does it is to get us to mislabel the voice. I want y'all to come here. The six people I told, I want y'all to come here so that everybody, you will never forget what this looks like. Y'all can just kind of spread out. The microphone in your soul. The enemy wants to add multiple voices to that mic so that you can mislabel the voice to cause confusion. Remember, demonic math equation. Add a voice, subtract clarity, multiply chaos, divide their will from the Holy Spirit's will, which causes, which equals Confusion and uncertainty. So what we do is, Warren, come here. This is the spirit of fear. You can just stand right here because you're going to get crowded in a minute. <laughs> this is the spirit of fear. It's at the voice of your mic. But we will end up labeling it wisdom. <laughs> so good. I don't think it's wise for me to start this book right now. It wouldn't be financially wise for us to break up. What would we do financially? I know we're shacking together and living as though we're married, but we're not married. We're having sex together, but God knows my heart. We're going to get it right one day. That wouldn't be wisdom for our budget. That wouldn't be wisdom for our taxes. Ooh, somebody's whole scout. That, that, that wouldn't be wisdom for us. We're going to get it right later, as though you are promised tomorrow. <laughs> so... The spirit of fear will be at the mic in your soul, but we'll mislabel it wisdom. Come here, BZ. You're going to be trauma. But you know what we label trauma as? That's my personality. 
That's just the way I am. They just got to accept me for me. This is just who I am. No, this is not who you are. This is who you became due to who they were. This is not who you are. This is the residue of that divorce. This is the, the residue of childhood trauma. This is the residue of church hurt. This is the residue of abandonment. This is the residue of that breakup. This is the residue of that molestation. This is the residue of that rape. This is, the, this is not who you are. But the enemy will add multiple voices to the microphone in your soul so that you will mislabel the voice. Come here, Drake, you're gonna be you. You're gonna be you. So we'll end up labeling you God's voice. God, God told me my season's up. No, you just got offended from the sermon and you wanna leave the church then. God just told me I should go in business with them. No, you see more money. God told me I'm called to ministry. No, you want a bigger platform. You want a following. That's what, you don't want to save souls. You want people to hear about you. But we call it God's voice. I'll add it. Come here, doubt. Come here, not enough. Come here, ego. Y'all need to take a picture of this. Y'all need to take a picture of this. Y'all need to take a picture of this. Because this is what a lot of us look like in our soul. And the good shepherd is talking. It's just that he's competing with fear, trauma, ego, you, doubt, not enough. They're all talking and God is talking too. But you can't hear God because of who you're listening to. And so this is what some of us look like throughout the day. I want just one of y'all to grab the mic, another person to take it. Someday you got the mic. Other day doubt got the mic. Then ego got the mic. Then trauma got the mic. Then fear got the mic. And so now, <laughs> watch this family. Do you ever feel like there's a war in your soul? Do you ever feel like the good I want to do? But the evil I don't want to do, that I do. What a wretched man I am. It's because we have so many voices at the weapon of mass destruction. The mic. This is so powerful, y'all. So I want us to... to See this scripture, and then y'all can sit down in one second. I want us to see this scripture. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The apostle Paul says this. He says, okay, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on some armor. Y'all reading your Bible. Praise God. Put on all of it. You need the helmet of salvation. You need the breastplate of righteousness. You need the shield of faith. You need the sword of the... You need all of it. Why do we need all of it, Paul? So that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. I don't want to make the assumption that everybody knows what wiles means. That's the tricks, manipulation are schemes of the devil. Now, I want you to see what the first scheme the devil ever used. Genesis chapter 3, <laughs> verse 1. The first scheme that old serpent used, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say... You must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? His first manipulated, manipulative assault was to add a voice, to question the voice. His first attack on humanity. Let me add a voice to get you to question the voice, 
to get you to consider if the voice is lying, which will make you uncertain if the voice that you're hearing is better than the voice that you heard. So we're talking about just Eve. I have, what, just six people up here? A lot of us, I could probably have a whole sanctuary. Because that's what it looks like on the inside of our soul. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. That's what it looks like on the inside of your soul. <laughs> his, his first assault attempt was to add a voice to get us to question the voice of what God already told us. It's not that Eve was confused. It's that the demonic math equation was in work, adding a voice to subtract clarity, to multiply chaos, to divide your will with what God already told you, which equals uncertainty. Give you more Bible where we can see this. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Is this good, y'all? Is this good? See, I'm telling you, this is why I'm so passionate about healing and biblical intelligence. Because one of the things I really am learning, especially as a pastor, is when pain is in your heart, that permits multiple voices to speak at your mic. When something hurts, show me an unhealed person. And you just showed me somebody who has multiple voices in their soul. Pain is talking. Revenge is talking. Bitterness is talking. Petty is talking. Comparison is talking. Doubt is talking. Why? It comes from hurt. So I'm bitter. Because 2 Corinthians, this is what the Apostle Paul says. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. <laughs> I'm going to forgive because I'm not unaware of the enemy's schemes. When bitterness is in the heart, then bitterness can be at the mic. And when bitterness is at the mic, revenge is at the mic, pain is at the mic. Comparison is at the mic. Trying to prove things are at the mic. Some of us post so much because we want people to think our life is better than what it really is. And you're only doing this because there's so much bitterness in the heart. Some of us are posting because we want to ecstasy. I have a good life without you. I want you to see I still survive. I'm still here. I'm still worth it. And God's trying to get you to understand I wanted you before they ever rejected you. We're not confused about that old serpent schemes because that serpent likes to twist. <laughs> so good. Pythons like to twist and attach. I want you all to see this. Acts chapter 16, verse 16. It says, now it happened as we went to prayer. As we went to prayer. I'm saying this in a repetitious fashion on purpose. As we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl with a spirit of divination met us. When we are going to pray, I'm going to lift my voice to God and hear his voice. As we're going to pray, a spirit of divination met us as we're going to pray. Divination in the Greek is pinos. It's where we get the word python. So let me put it this way. As we were going to pray, a spirit of python met us. Who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out. Look, followed us, attached that's what pythons like to do, cried out, adding a voice, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to her, 
I told you I'm gonna catch you all throughout the sermon. You can't fall asleep for this one. Paul turned and said to her, Spirit, we wrestle not against flesh and okay. Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus. And he came out that very hour. Hmm. As they were going to pray, that old serpent was trying to attach the twist. Because if I can get people to get it twisted, about who really God is, they'll think I'm with Paul. I want to attach the twist. Maybe they're in your DMs to twist. <laughs> Maybe they're pursuing you to twist your head up. So you end up having conversations like, so what are we? <laughs> Boo-boo, why, why are you trying to have an interview after he's interviewed you? We should have asked that before, right? We should have, I did not come to play today. Comes to twists. Somebody say twisted. I want to show you this in more effect. Give you more Bible. I told you I have a lot of scriptures. Thank God for churches that preach the Bible. Right? Matthew chapter 4, verse 5. Then the devil took him up. Into a holy city. I really don't have time to bother that. The devil took him up. The, every elevation is not from God. The, I don't have time. Y'all stop. Y'all rushing me. The devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God... Throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I was in a pastor's conference not too long ago, and I said, you know, I had a, I had a revelation from this particular passage. I said, what, Pastor Jerry, tell us. I said, a lot of us are praying for the very things that Jesus rejected in the wilderness. God, lift our ministry up high. And, and God cause it the very things that Jesus turned down. We're praying for it. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Twist it. So I'm, I'm looking at this text. Jesus is being tempted. And Satan is quoting scripture and twisting it. So I just decided, being the student of Scripture that I am, I wanted to see what Scripture was Satan quoting. He was quoting Psalms 91, specifically verses 11 and 12, where Psalms 91, 11 and 12 says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hand they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I said, huh. Being the student of Scripture I am, being the, the student of Scripture that I am, I begin to ask myself, why didn't he read the whole chapter? So I just decided. What does verse 13 say? Verse 13 says, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. The devil roams about like a roaring lion. The serpent's head, Jesus will crush. So the devil specifically left out a passage of scripture that talked about his ale. I'm going to quote a passage. See, because you know that's what devils do. They leave out the good part. They leave out no weapon. They leave out that I'm the head and not the tail. They leave out that I'm blessed. In my going, and they leave out the good parts. I'm like, if you're gonna talk about me, why not talk about the good parts too? Why not talk about the time I paid your rent? Not, why not talk about the time I took you to lunch? Why not talk about the time I was there for you at two in the morning? Talk about all the all the parts. 
it's devil-like to be selective with Scripture and leave out the parts that convict you. <laughs> I'm simply trying to get us to understand the devil knows the Bible. Do you? See, I'm not Jesus. But if I was Jesus, see, Jerry has like a, a petty side. I need God to take that from me. But if I was Jesus, the petty side of me would have been like, read verse 13, bruh. Because I'm going to crush your head. I'm going to take your authority. And every tongue's going to confess. And every knee is going to bow that I'm the Lord. But Jesus is so humble. Thank God I'm not Jesus. I would have sinned right there. Flexing and starting would have messed up what I'm supposed to fix. <laughs> so the, the enemy is the master of twisting Scripture to make you question the God of Scripture. Hmm. This is a thought. Maybe God is speaking to us. It's just we're not reading our Bible. Because the Bible is the voice of God in fine print. The Bible is the voice of God in fine print. Can I get us to say this? Everybody watching online, can we put this in the room in all caps? Can I get everybody to say this? God, teach me your voice. And guide my feet. I want your will and my will to be in sync. One more time. God, teach me your voice and guide my feet. I want your will and my will to be in sync. Does anybody really want that? I don't want to hurt anymore because my will and your will are not in sync. So what the Apostle Paul is telling us in Ephesians 6, says, put on the whole armor so that you can stand against the wiles. Second Corinthians chapter 2, he says, listen, we are not going to be outwitted and we're not deceived by Satan's schemes. What is the scheme? It's the demonic math equation. It's the adding of voices to your life to subtract clarity, to multiply chaos, to divide your will from the will of the Holy Spirit, which equals uncertainty. That's his scheme. The demonic math equation. And I'm looking at this and I understand, okay, so that's what the devil wants to do. This is why the enemy uses pain. He uses pain to wound the heart, which could hopefully contaminate the gift. Did y'all hear me? I'm going to break it down where you can better understand it. If you are graced with the gift of healing and mending the brokenhearted, the devil is going to make sure that your heart is broken. So that I could wound your heart, which could ultimately, hopefully, contaminate the gift. I'm going to keep going. If you have the gift of prophecy, the enemy is going to strive to allow you to have a relationship with anger so that the same tongue that's supposed to be filled with prophecy is the same tongue that's going to be filled with profanity. Because bitter water and sweet water can't come from the same well. And if I could wound your heart, then I could contaminate your gift. Oh, I get it. I get it. If you have the gift of teaching, he's going to assign to you the spirit of fear. You know why? So that you can't have power, so that you can't have love, and you can't have soundness of mind. Because God did not come to give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. So if there's something that God needs for you to say, hell is going to ascribe to you the spirit of fear so you won't say it. Hopefully I can wound the heart which can contaminate the gift. If you have the gift of intercession, you intercede, meaning you stand in between. The enemy is going to make sure you get stabbed in the back. 
because if your gift is to stand between, but I can get you to get stabbed in the back, your language now will become, I'm going to do me. I'm good. You do you. No, I don't trust people, bro. But your gift is supposed to stand between. But I'm going to stab you so now you're so wounded that I could contaminate the gift. I get it. 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 Life is filled with voices and choices. Choices and voices. Voices and choices. Choices and voices. And ever so often, you and I are going to stand in front of a destiny moment. A destiny moment. Meaning, whatever choice you make with this one, whatever voice you listen to with this one, is going to have destiny impacts. And I can't speak for anybody else. I wouldn't just flip a coin and pick heads or tails when it comes to a destiny moment. I wouldn't play paper, rock, scissors when it comes to a destiny moment. I wouldn't just roll the dice when it comes to a destiny moment. No, this is going to affect my peace. This is going to affect my joy meter. This is going to affect my bloodline. We have, please hear me, we have to be people who could discern demonic distractions from destiny moments. We have to. Because you can't take destiny steps while listening to the wrong voice at the same time. You, you can't be who you're called to be and who you used to be at the same time. You can't hold on to your upward calling and still flirt with your downward craving at the same time. Twist. I want people to want both. God and the enemy. I'm cool with them representing Jesus in public. Just let me play with them in private. Twist it. Twist it. Let me, think, let me get them to think God cares more about their public betrayal instead of their private betrayal. Twist it. Twist it. But I want to teach you how to fight this. I want to teach you how to fight this, okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I told you there's a lot of scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. This scripture I've read so many times, but it took on a whole new meaning to me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay, why would the text tell us to rejoice always and give thanks? Why should we do that? First, because the Bible said so. Oh, what would my generation look like if we view Scripture as principles and commands versus electives and suggestions? It says, rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because the opposite of rejoice is regret. Regret means to mourn. And mourning stays on the frequency of sadness. And when sadness is at the mic for an extended period of time, it makes space for despair. And once despair is at the mic for an extended period of time, it makes space for hopelessness. And once hopelessness is at the mic for an extended period of time, it makes space for the voice of suicide. Did y'all hear what I just said? Rejoice. Opposite regret. Regret means to mourn. Mourning stays on the frequency of sadness. Sadness then becomes despair. Despair makes you lose hope. Lose hope then causes for us to entertain the voice of suicide. So I'm, I'm looking at this like, oh, man, I, I get it. I get it. Rejoice removes a voice. It, like, last night I'm tripping. Oh, I get it. Rejoice removes a voice. This is showing us how to engage in spiritual warfare because joy and sorrow can't both speak in the mic. Joy and suicide both can't speak in the mic. Joy and depression both can't speak in the mic. 
Joy and insecurity both can't speak in the mic. So if I can get you to rejoice always, you will veto voices. Be a linebacker to voices. The joy of the Lord is here. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand what I'm going through, though. You, you don't understand the fiery trials that I'm facing. You don't understand. Okay, great. I got a verse for you. Let me give you Bible. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you. As though something strange thing is happening to you. But rejoice. But rejoice. Okay, all right. For the rest of us who are going to let your situation, you're like, you're going to listen to the voice of despair. You're going to listen to the voice of doubt. You're going to listen to the voice of sadness. You're going to listen to the voice of suicide. You can sit there and be quiet. But for the rest of us who have made up a righteous indignation, that on today, I'm going to move the voice by rejoicing. Would you give God some praise in the house? Not just for me, but I'm telling depression, you got to go. Pride, you got to go. Arrogance, you got to go. Trauma, you got to go. Sorrow, you got to go. Oppression, you got to go. Insomnia, you got to go. Because rejoicing moves the voice. Hell gets terrified when you rejoice in the midst of chaos. Hell gets terrified when you rejoice when your situation looks bad. I'm not praising God because of what I'm facing. I'm praising God because he's that good. I'm praising God because he's holy. I'm praising God because he's wonderful. I'm praising God because he's righteous. I'm praising God because God got me. Don't you dare allow your situation to mute your voice. Rejoice removes a voice. I said, you're giving us the strategy on how to remove voices. Can I go a little deeper? Okay. Hearing requires proximity. And proximity determines temperature. <laughs> Hearing requires proximity. And proximity determines temperature. Show me somebody who's cold, and you just show me somebody who's far from the sun. S-O-N. Pluto Christian. <laughs> show me somebody who's on fire for the things of God, and you just show me somebody who's close to the sun. The reason that Venus is so hot is because it's so close. I know that Pluto isn't considered a planet anymore, but the reason that Pluto is so frigid is because it's so far. Maybe the reason you can't recognize the voice of God is due to your distance. Can we go a little deeper? Okay, in the word recognition, it's recognition. Okay? Cognition, that is the acquiring of information, knowledge, and understanding through an experience or an encounter. So I'm speaking right now to your cognitive self. Cognition is the acquiring of information, understanding, and knowledge through an encounter. So when you see somebody who looks familiar, you don't say, wow, they look cognition. You say... I recognize them. This is so good, y'all. You can't recognize me if you haven't encountered me. You can't recognize my voice if you haven't heard my voice. You see? So teaching like this is giving you cognition, understanding on how, all right, I want y'all to, to get this so that you can really understand. Play this first voice and y'all tell me who it is. Okay? You never see a U Haul behind a hearse. I don't care how much who? money you make, you can't take it okay. with you. Stop. The Egyptians. Stop. Who is it? Is there anybody, I don't know. Was there anybody who didn't know until everybody else said Denzel? Okay. Thank you for your honesty. This is why you need community. This is so good, y'all. 
You couldn't recognize it until somebody who encountered it could recognize it. Okay? Play another one. Whose voice is this? You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted line. Got, girls like you Maya Angelou. <laughs> Anybody didn't know that voice? You didn't know that voice. Okay? It's not familiar because limited encounter. Okay? Now, who's, whose voice is this? Let's play another one. God has given to me as he has purpose in himself. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready. You recognize because of an encounter, right? All right. Whose voice is this last one? And so I want to get you to a place that, you know, when love knocks on the door of your heart, fear won't cause you to act Somebody like Somebody I don't know. So oftentimes the greatest <laughs> repercussion or consequence. Whose voice is that? It's me. Okay. Watch this. This is how confirmation is. I just heard you so I could easily identify you. Because I'm sitting under your voice. So when I go see his voice, it sounds just like the voice I heard when I went to service. This is how you get confirmation. For those of us who didn't know certain voices, the reason you were able to identify them later was because other voices had an encounter with that voice. So now you could identify whose voice that is. You're like, oh, yeah, that, that, that is them. <laughs> that is them. Because hearing requires proximity. And proximity determines temperature. Does this make sense? Your encounters are tied to your recognition. No intentional encounter, no recognition. The more you are deliberately spending time with God, the easier it is to recognize when God is speaking. Because you're not seeking him only when you need him. As though you need him certain times and other times you don't. You're seeking him out of intentionality. So I want to give you three barriers on why we struggle to hear the voice of God. Then how to discern God's voice from your voice and we can go home. Number one, three voices, three barriers, excuse me, on why we can't hear the voice of God. Number one. We're so occupied and busy with things that have nothing to do with why you're here. Wow. That's good. That's good. Not right there. <laughs> it's facts. Everybody say facts. facts. Yeah. You are so occupied and busy with things that have nothing to do with why you're here. Hmm. Let me come for your scalp. And then we're tired. We're tired from being exhausted with things that don't matter. So you tired because you had to watch season two, huh? You tired because the game went to triple overtime. You, you tired. Like, if you're going to be tired, at least let it be because you're trying to do something for the Lord. The first barrier. The second barrier on what's prohibiting us from hearing God's voice we haven't considered what does God want me to do? You get a raise, think about you first. You get more, you think about you first. I told this in the series earlier this year in Planted. It's going to be hard for you to hear what God has to say when you've already determined what you want him to say. Believe it or not, God doesn't want his voice to be a mystery. Just spend time with me. Number three, third barrier for us not hearing the voice of God. We spend so much time doing second things first. <laughs> so you're going to sign the contract, then pray. <laughs> you're going to marry them, then pray. How do we hear from God? Number one, 
intentional atmospheres matter. Okay? I don't really have time to exegete this whole passage. Um, I probably have to touch it more next week, but I just want us to see this. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. This was the first scripture that we read 12 weeks ago in our Voices series. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at a time when Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes began to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he walked. Somebody got it. Thank you. So he walked. He ran. Look at the swift nature of him to respond to the voice. What's your speed like when God tells you to do something? If you're like me, you got about seven seconds. You ever tell yourself, man, I need to go to the gym. You got seven seconds to get out the house. That motivation gone. <laughs> go, you better get up. If I get in the car, I'm, I'm in the gym, I'm going to finish it. But while you land on the couch, man, I should work out. Get up. Somebody say run. When God tells you to obey, your obedience should be swift. Hear me, because you never know how important your swift obedience is. He's growing up in the temple. Intentional atmosphere matters. Next Sunday, I'll have to exegete it a little more. I don't have time uh, to exegete all of it. I'm going to skip down, Carl, and just go to the main points, how God speaks versus you speaks. That whole other part I'll hit next week. So how God speaks versus how you speak. Point number one, when it's God's voice, it gives you an assignment for his glory. When it's your voice, it gives you an assignment for your glory. Proverbs 25, 27. It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. It's not just talking about food, meaning it's not good for people to praise you a lot. It's not good for you to boast about you a lot. Too much honey is not good for you. Number two, when it's God's voice, it can seem impossible. When it's your voice, it traffics in logic, which makes you take the easiest route. Okay? When it's God's voice, it can seem impossible. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So God speaks fluent in the impossible. Stop saying it can't be done because of what people say they're not doing. We have members here that have been higher places that said they weren't hiring. <laughs> you walk with the God factor. If God wants you in there and they're not hiring, they'll create a position. Stop going off what you see because we don't walk by sight. We walk by Okay. When it's you, it traffics in logic, which makes you take the easiest route. Hmm. It's easy to treat them like they treated you. God told me I got to tell them about themselves. No. You're at the mic. Some of us actually believe just because we don't like a person, God doesn't like them either. <laughs> Twist it. It's easier to match energy with energy. It's easier to not restore the painting. What do I mean by that? You badmouth somebody, you say something out of your flesh. Somebody say, yeah, I heard this. It's easier for you to be like, yeah, they, they just tripping. Then for you to say, you know what? I was on one when I said that. That's not who they are. 
I just was tripping. How about the same energy that you had to badmouth them? Keep that same energy to restore the image of them that you tried to taint. Y'all see that, right? I know. I know. Number three, when it's God's voice, it will be confirmed repeatedly. When it's your voice, it will be doubted repeatedly. God's not going to say nothing new. Stop looking for a fresh word. The fresh word is the one you didn't obey. He's going to keep saying it. Read Jonah. Starts off. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to Nineveh, that great city. He didn't do it. Got swallowed up by a fish. The fish threw him up. Then the word comes back. Jonah, son of Amittai, go to, go to Nineveh. Stop looking for something new. His word for you, get your house in order. But what about get your house in order? What about get your house in order? What about get your house in order? That's it. Anybody ever seen First Kid when Jackie Chan kept telling him, pick up your jacket? Remember that? Pick up your jacket. That's what God, okay? Get your house in order. I'm not going to talk to you about what I'm doing next. Because if you can't organize this, you won't be able to have order there. Pick up your jacket. Last point, we'll end with this. When it's God's voice, it will serve God and his people. When it's your voice, it will serve you and your desires. God want me to start this ministry. For you, what are you thinking about more? Your brand, your mission, your platform are about helping heal the broken. What are you thinking about more? Let me add this. Last point, number five, God is never wrong. God told me that's my husband. He married another woman. Obviously, that wasn't God. He's just in rebellion, pastor. No, you don't have proximity. Y'all laughing, but there are people who really believe God told them something. But it was just their desire. God, help us to understand that one weapon that hell is using right now is microphones. Amplifying the voice of spiritual garbage. Causing for us to be so confused. On today, we thank you for the biblical intelligence that can be applied to the arsenal of our spiritual warfare. We understand the schemes of the enemy. He wants to add a voice to subtract clarity, to multiply chaos, dividing our will with your will, which will equal uncertainty. God, we're asking for a, for a peace in our spirit. Your voice is not a mystery to us. It's just that our desires are so loud. Our will is so loud that we don't hear your voice. And I'm praying, maybe for a brother or sister, what they need to do on today is start rejoicing. What is that? Thanking God for who you are, what you've done, and what you will do. Because to rejoice is to remove a voice. Give us the wisdom and the intelligence, God, to not mislabel the voice. We truly want to be sheep that can hear the voice of our good shepherd. Shepherd us, oh God. In a day and an age where everybody's saying, thus saith the Lord, give us the recognition to be able to recognize when you're speaking to us. And then once we hear you, God, give us swift obedience. Because we don't know how important it is for us to move when you speak. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with their prayer, would you say amen? Did this bless you, church family? Yes. 
So um, what I want to do, I was going to do it, but I want, uh, Pastor, for you to come and explain what you said that you were going to explain about the, the building fund towards the end. Um, my wife's not here. My, my son, Josiah, has been under the weather for the last few days. And so uh, I don't have my rib with me, so I feel a little naked. But she was praying for me and prayed for me. And when the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, he wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah. So, Mrs. Flowers, I love you. And in this moment, I really want, please hear me. This is, I'm not trying to be comedic. I understand that there may be humorous parts in the message. But for the days that are coming on our land, please, you're going to have to be able to know when God is speaking and understand prophecy. But hearing requires proximity. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the most important time of our service when we give you the chance to do so. So all of us, I want us to say this simple prayer with me. Then listen, after you say this prayer, you're going to text the number on the screen. And please, we have people who will pray for you. Don't just leave without connecting. All right? So can I get everybody to say, Father, Father save me. Save me. Holy, Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill my life. Fill my life. I, believe I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He died on the cross for my sins, but he rose on the third day with all power in his hand. I understand that heaven is real and hell is real. And I can be confident today if I take my last breath in time, I'll be with my maker for all eternity. I'm secure of that. Now, Lord, teach me how to be kingdom. Teach me how to hear your voice. Guide my feet and increase my passion to study your word. In Jesus' name, amen.